You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And Matt, we are just a week away, basically, uh, eight, seven days after t- today's show mm-hmm. from the start of the NFL season. Yeah, how about it? Yeah, opening night, we've got Lions at Chiefs, right? Yeah. Lions and Chiefs, yeah, oh my. How about that? Oh my. Yeah. Um, and then Steelers aren't that long after. So. They are not. Coming so, down the home uh, stretch here. We are coming down the home stretch. And, uh, well, the Steelers making an interesting move yeah, I today. Like it. Or, I like well, they it. haven't announced it. It's not official yet, okay. but it's been, uh, you know, it's been said out there, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, signing Desmond King, a guy we brought up, I think we brought him up the other day when he was released. I was kind of surprised that Baltimore didn't make a, a play for him. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of more corner needy teams out there than Pittsburgh, and I think he's a good fit here. So, you know, should we break down what he is? I mean, I, why not? That's yeah, what we're here to do. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked him coming out of Iowa. Yeah, uh, he too. won the uh, the Thorpe Award one year. I think as a junior for best defensive back in the na- in the country. Um, he has some punt return experience too. I don't know. And if kickoffs. And kickoffs. Absolutely. He's. 510 he's 59 and 78 but he's over 200 pounds like he's a wide bodied wide shoulder Sidney Crosby kind of build you know SpongeBob kind of build I mean like a square guy not the long lean guy um and mostly a slot I mean he's been a six year player and he was a slot heavily those first four years He's played some on the outside. A lot the last two years yeah. though so I don't know if that's just because Houston's a disaster and he was forced to. But I thought that was really encouraging. I went and looked at those snaps on Pro Football Focus, and it used to be like an 8-to-1 ratio inside to out. Now it's like a 6-to-1 ratio outside to in. He's tough. He can blitz. I would think they're looking at him more as a slot, but I don't think you have to. He can also play some free safety. He can also play some free safety. He's a physical guy, good near the line of scrimmage. He's not the fastest. I mean, he's not you know a, a, a huge difference maker, but... I think he gets immediate playing time here. I mean, maybe not the nickel, but certainly the dime. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it certainly adds to your depth, uh, you know, at, mm-hmm. at multiple positions. And you're talking about a guy with nine career interceptions. He's got five the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, is a willing tackler. Is, is a He's got eight and a half career sacks, so he's a good blitzer as well. Right, right. Um, there's a lot there to like. Uh, if, and in fact, if you look at it, last year he had 10 tackles for a loss as a cornerback. That's Did a lot. Really? That is a lot. Um, I mean, on a Houston defense that wasn't was not very good, not very yeah. good, and he's played well for them. I mean, I'm, I know there's a new coach there, there's a little bit of a new scheme change. Maybe they just want youth across the board on that team and save a couple bucks. But um, I think the guy's it's a nice still pickup. just 28 years old. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know should be kind of still in the prime, maybe not the prime of his career, but, but he's got, you know, I mean, just tread on the tires. He's certainly a guy that will help your team this year for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like the pickup quite a bit. And in turn, they're going to let man, the punter, go. Fine. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I think in one more defensive back just makes you sleep easier at night, you know, and he's a quality you know, player. He's an NFL player. Yeah, an inside-outside guy that gives you some flexibility there. And, and, you know, Mike Tomlin was asked today about, he said, well, your team looks like it has pretty good depth. And he said, well, everybody should feel kind of feel that way now. Our depth looks great. We didn't have any big injuries in mm-hmm. training camp. He said, but that's going to happen. Your depth is going to be tested over the course of a season. That's what I'm saying. It hasn't been tested yet. But I think they're not wrong. I mean, yeah. I, I still think their bottom 10 is better than it has been the last couple of years. Yeah. Ideally, this would have been Corey Trice's spot. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Right. But, you know, if that's your only major injury of a guy that probably would have made the final roster that's no longer available, eh, it's not so bad. Yeah, you, you, know, t- you go from a guy pick. who was a seventh-round pick. Um, you know, who 
might have been on scholarship a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't going to play a lot. I wouldn't think to so. a guy that well now has played a lot of. He's played ninety five career NFL games. He's got fifty three mm-hmm. starts under his belt, and really he was a starter because he was a nickel corner. Oh, he um, played like nine hundred yeah. snaps last year or eight hundred. Last snaps, two but, years he's played over yeah. nine hundred snaps. So, yeah, good a good solid pickup. I, again, I'm I'm just surprised that there weren't more teams out there. Buying. I don't know of any medical. I don't think he's super expensive or anything like that. Well, this this I mean, is this is the thought that came to my mind. I, I was listening to a uh, to a show on Sirius uh, today, and they had a, a writer on from Baltimore, okay. and they were talking obviously about the Ravens, and we he he said, "Look, their secondary is a mess right now. It is their their pass rush is a mess right now." And he was asked about you know, well, who's going to be the, the this you know the the main receiver for this team. And he did not say Odell Beckham. Really? You spent $15 million to bring in Odell <laughs> Beckham, and he's not going to be your number one target. Did he say Bateman, or did he just say Andrews? He said, he said Andrews and then anybody's guess. Yeah. I still think there's a lot of uncertainty with that whole team right now. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they, they overspent to get Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. and in turn, it costs them t- opportunities to, to make moves like this. Yeah, okay. I see what you're going with that. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, because – Disaster, as coaches are saying, you know, most teams' depth hasn't been tested, but the Ravens already have. Yeah. And they could use an NFL cornerback, which, frankly, I mean, he's not as good as Marlon Humphrey, but that's how they use Humphrey. He's an inside out. Well, guy. they could have used this guy inside and, pu- and, pu- and right, pushed right. Marlon Humphrey to the outside and mm-hmm. make, and they would have been a better defense. As it is now, they're going to be starting Arthur Millette at right. nickel. Right. Okay. And, yeah. and Humphrey's yeah. not even available. The irony, right. Yeah. Interesting. So. Uh, again, I, I, I'm, along those lines, I guess I'm shocked more teams didn't put in for him. I'm a little shocked the Texans moved on from him, although they're in a much different place than yeah. the Ravens or Steelers, of course. Um, and I think it's a Steelers gain. I mean, I think this is a really nice addition that will help soon. Yeah, I, I just look at the, the moves that the Steelers have made this offseason, really the last two offseasons. Um, they've been aggressive. They They haven't had to pay. A franchise quarterback, That's a huge and job. you have the opportunity to make these kind of moves mm-hmm. without having to. You just be really adjust light on anything your feet. else. You be really light on your feet, yeah. and okay, well, boom. Okay, you won't have to go to Cam and restructure. Right, or there's those been type of there's been none of that because they don't need to. They don't need to, and they're set up really well. As we mentioned, I think us and everybody listening is excited about this roster. They're not set to lose a lot. They're still quite young, you know, so. They're picking up some late picks in the process, too. So it's a nice blend for now and later. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, you know, you keep looking at this, you know, trying to trying to do the 20,000-foot flyover and say, okay, what am I missing here with this team? What mm-hmm. am I what am I not seeing here? Because maybe I am too close to it. Maybe, I, you know. Sure, you're optimistic. And, and I just can't find anything. I just can't. No, I, I'm very confident the Pickett's going to be a good player. Yeah, you know, I mean, and take and be a better player than he was last year. One thing I was slightly concerned of is I thought they were a D back away from getting, you know, really tested there. But now they're not. It was the same <laughs> question I had at inside linebacker to start mm-hmm. training him. Like oh, they just they they still need one more guy there. Then they go sign Quan Alexander. Alexander, who fit the bill perfectly. Yeah. Right. We talked about hey, there's a similar type move. They need one more defensive back. When well, then they go make and make this move. I mean, mm-hmm. this is. They're not stars. I don't want to say it's unsteeler like, but it's kind of unsteeler like. I it's mean, they, they unrothlisberger era like. Right. They you didn't know, right. have the ability to do those kind of mm-hmm. things. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Just a lot. It's very active. I mean, whether it's trading guys or even just keeping man for that day with the anticipation that they're going to probably pick up a corner. And I don't know if they knew it was him or did they think there was four or five out there like Darby was out there. You know, they're thinking. We're probably going to, you know, put in for at least one of those guys. I mean, obviously there was a plan in place with the man holding him for a day. Yeah, um, haven't seen any contract details Mm-mm. on this yet uh, with uh, with uh, Desmond King, but we'll see. I mean, I, I assume it's either a one or two year deal. This is not something long term. It's probably a one. Probably a one. Um, but that's fine because that's fine. if he goes, if he has a good year this year. And then you don't resign him. Now maybe you get some, you know. Again, you, now you play the comp, comp game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do like what you see there, you just, you know, you you can. Where are you giving up? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing. That's a little bit right. of cap space. That's the thing that, that, you know, when they made the trade for Allen Robinson, mm-hmm. um, you know, people are like, oh my god, you know, he's, he's over the hill. He's this. He's that. Um, 
They didn't give anything up, really. They didn't really give. They swapped. Up. They swapped Little late round draft picks, picks. And, and the Rams picked up a lot of that cap. Yeah, like this it, is a this much... is almost like they traded Kendrick Green to Houston for a sixth round draft pick in Desmond King. If you want to look at it that way, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what happened here. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Would and you make that deal? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think King's more roster, more valuable to this roster than Green. I, 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 this is, I don't want to say this is Joe Hayden getting cut loose by the mm-hmm. Browns because it's not quite that. But it's it's in that ballpark. In the ballpark, it's right, in right. the same conversation. Right. It's a, a, a he, he was running with the ones all preseason with them. Yeah. I mean, he's a starter. He's a former Pro Bowl cornerback. Yeah. I mean, I I think he can fight right away for the nickel job. I mean, he might win it. Um, is he going to be in the nickel package? Maybe. I think he's almost close to guaranteed to being in the dime. I mean, that's a lot of snaps right off the bat, you know? This um, also, because of his return abilities, gives you some additional options right? at that spot if something were to happen to Calvin Austin, mm-hmm. if he starts you know, putting the ball on the ground, anything like that. Well, you have a guy here that, yeah. just like we talked about with Gunnar Olszewski, now you've got more options there that mm-hmm. you can do stuff with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I'm not criticizing the former regime by any means, but this is just a much healthier way of turning Dotson and Green into picks and picking up King as opposed to giving picks for Witherspoon or Malik Reed or those type of things yeah. this time of year where, well, we really need to get – or Quan Alexander. He didn't cost you anything either, you know. And obviously the last regime made great moves too and were unbelievably successful. But I just like how the, the, the team is so active. You know, just really active with the bottom of their roster. I think some of that, Matt, is the way the NFL has kind of changed mm-hmm. over the last five years where we don't see so many of the long-term contracts that, yeah. um, that you used to see. And so teams are more willing to let a guy, like, hey, look, we like the player. He might not fit exactly with what we want to do. Or we have a younger, maybe he was going to be a slot only in, in, in Houston, and they have an, a young slot that they want to play. Well, Stingley's going to be one of the outside right. guys. You know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they say we're just going to cut him. We're going to cut him loose. Mm-hmm. If he signed to a, uh, you know, if he still has, I don't even know what his contract status was. In, in I didn't his, even look. But if uh, if he were signed to a longer term deal with with you know big signing bonus uh, in there, you're not going to cut him. As you're not it's as not likely that you're to cut stuck him. with him. But then, but you made an, an agreement and you're going to stick with it as opposed to these one year deals. I also think the league in general is a little more apt to. Give the Steelers a six-round pick for a lineman, or you know, they, you see a lot of yeah. Those teams are more willing to, to to move those late-round picks yeah. for players, for guys who can actually you know line up and play for you. Yeah, I think that's becoming very common now. Those couple days before cut-down day, a lot of sixth and seventh-round picks get thrown around the league. So I'm just to. looking here at uh, on he signed uh, before the 2022 season a two-year, seven million dollar contract. So again, that, I mean, his first contract with with Houston was one year, three three million dollars. Okay, I mean, so that's the, the type of player he those is. shorter yeah. those shorter contracts are more the norm now in today's mm-hmm. NFL, as opposed to you know they could have signed him to a three year, ten million dollar contract for the same money, which was basically, probably what but, would have happened five years ago. Yeah, good point. It makes you a little more binding. You know, it's a little less fluid. Uh, dead cap ramifications, things like that. So for the players, it's it's you know as long so, as they stay healthy, it's great. For yeah, the when when he signed that deal with Houston, he got a three and a half million dollar signing bonus. So nice. half of the right. money that he got there was in signing was bonus. Um, you know, so that that's the give and take there. So players want the guaranteed contracts. Well, okay, if I sign a two year deal and you guarantee half of my salary, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to cut me that first year. Yeah, I was saying. I mean. Guaranteed contracts are interesting to me because the only way you don't get your money is if you're cut. Right. As long as you keep up your end of the bargain, and and, and obviously some deals are set up where it looks like a two-year deal and it's a one-year deal. But like in his case, it wasn't. All he lost on this year's deal, he had a $500,000 base salary. That's it. That's all. They're the only thing financially he loses by getting released yeah, by the and Texans. Yeah. And, and fi- he's going to make that with the Well, basically, basically it was a million. He got a, a $500,000 signing Bonus money, I guess, with that as well. So, so he, he might get a raise. He might actually get a raise out of this. So he's happy as could be. He goes to a winning team. Yeah. Yeah. You change your, you know, you change your scenery. You, he goes back to the black and gold. By the way. Yeah, I thought about that too. The Iowa is what you're talking yeah. about. I assume. Um. So you know, it's it's just very interesting that we when these kind of things happen, and that's why to me, I think maybe quarterbacks are different. 
But if I were an NFL player, I'd want to sign year to year. As long as you stay healthy or don't Russell Wilson your career away. Right, yeah. You know, I'll, right. Okay, I'll, I'll take – you're going to give me then a signing bonus every year? Then you're betting on yourself. Yeah, or yeah. a two-year deal. Okay, maybe I, might, I sign a two-year deal at most and half of my, my salaries in, in signing bonus. You're going to give me – I'm going to sign a two-year $7 million deal, and you're going to give me a three-and-a-half-million-dollar three check up front? Mm-hmm. Where do, sign me up for that. Yeah, basically all it is is just don't screw it up. Yeah. You know, stay healthy. Bet yeah. on yourself. And you still probably get a crack with somebody else. Yeah, even if and you, you have get three and a half yeah, in the bank. Even if you get hurt, okay, I'm, I'm going to go sign a new deal with somebody else next year. I'll prove that I'm healthy, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do this again. Yeah, it's not so bad, and it, it makes for a fun league. It makes for um, teams being a- available, or the players to hit the market and be available. It gives you more options. Like I, I'm a little old school in my thinking too. Like after the first, not the first wave of free agency, but after the first two or three waves go through, I pretty much think to myself, well, you're kind of out of options now. It's not the case at all. I mean, not anymore, no. All, all, I mean, all the way, like you said, the season starts in a week, and not only the Steelers, but you know, the Rams, the Texans, are adding quality pieces this late in the process. Yeah, yeah that didn't used to be the case. No, it was a lot harder. Uh, it was much more difficult to, to add these guys. And so the Steelers have adjusted the way they do business. Mm-hmm. 21 new players on the roster this year. Wow. Makes that sense. weren't here last year. Makes sense. I mean, that, that's that's churning your roster over. That's, that's over 40%. Yeah. And the running backs and quarterbacks are exactly the same. But yeah. in some positions, inside linebacker, offensive line, really got churned heavily. You know, those edge guys, two new edge guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's it, – it's Flexibility. I don't know if it's better. I mean, your stars are still your stars. And you can they keep them if you want. Yeah, they don't get traded quite as often. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do see the Tyreek Hills or A.J. Browns change scenery Here and there. Here and there. But it's, that's not the case. But I mean, we've also like seen Jonathan Taylor. We've also seen quarterbacks moving around a little bit now. Mm-hmm. That didn't. That never used to happen either. No, they used to be really be set. So, no, I think the league's in a good spot that, that way in, in terms of guys moving around, having some freedom. 31 teams that might be able to use you in a better way than the one you're at, you know, because the coaching changes happen so quick, too. Well, that's that the big thing. Like, I, I always love when people and, people look at somebody from another team and say, well, he had a really bad year for the for them last year. Yeah. You don't know. You don't yeah. know how he was being used. Yeah, unless you study it. Yeah, unless you, unless you actually break it down and, and say, okay, especially for defensive backs more than any other as position. As much like, as any position. How much zone are you playing? How mm-hmm. much man are you playing? What's, what are your responsibilities in that? Um, you know, who's assessing – well, he gave up a catch on that. Oh, that too. I mean, I, yeah. I'm I watching mean, in the press box, and, and, and mo- most of the time, if somebody gives up a touchdown, I get a, I'll go and ask in the locker room after the game, "Hey, who was what was the resp- who was the responsible?" Because you don't know. Because I mean, even just because guy a guy that, was close to like right, if you Minka's and I, the yeah. closest, right? I, I, you know, he's just making up for somebody screwing up in front. You're, of him, you're closer to it. It was my blown coverage, though, and then you get you get the credit for see an open guy, <laughs> yeah, and, and run to like him, and everybody run. assumes, well, that was Matt's guy. I mean, even <laughs> sitting there watching all 22, some of them you can just rewind ten times and be like, well, either he screwed up or he screwed up, but I don't know. Which I don't know which one. one they didn't show sure. me the play call, right. so they, that's definitely part of it. But even a team like Houston, they have a new head coach every year. Yeah, I mean they're just going to view things different. They're going to ask a lot of different stuff out of their guys, and they're going for a sweeping youth movement there. Yeah, I mean that was this was his third year in Houston. Am I right on that? Uh, he's had two so far. Right, he has this, six this years was, in his league. This was going to be his. Third. This was going to be his third year in Houston. So he's seen three head. He's coaches. seen three head coaches there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty twenty, he played for Tennessee and the Chargers. Mm, okay. So that's four. That's five head coaches now in the last three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, he was at the Chargers before that. They changed mm-hmm. head coach. It's, it's, this is his seventh head coach. Another note on him. In a short, a short amount of time. His first two years in the league, he was really good. Yeah. I think he went to a Pro Bowl. Like, he did. I mean, he had four sacks as a rookie out of the slot. Did he? Okay. Yeah, I knew he was he, – he, he burst on the scene very, very strong. Like, I thought he'd be a second or third round pick. I think he went in the fourth. Yeah. Something like that. But – he ran a four six flat. Which who cares at this point? I mean, yeah. I mean, he plays. He's quick. He's tough. He's instinctual. No, I, I think that's a gift. I, I do as well. Again, I, I'm not going to compare this to Joe Hayden because yeah. Hayden is a multi time Pro Bowl player. But again, we're talking about a guy who is. But corners don't become available very often. Not not with this. Yeah, not talented play with ones in ten days. Yeah. You know? So th- that's a gift. I mean, I think that's a great great pickup. Yeah, you hey, might, he's not Rob Woodson, folks. I yeah, mean, you might get a Luke Barku or someone of that nature, mm-hmm. or 
uh, you know, Mike Hilton was a guy that bounced around a little bit. Those are the rarities. They're the rarities. Yeah. And, and as Coach says, this guy has performed in NFL stadiums. Yeah. He knows what that's all about. He knows how to handle a road trip, how to handle off days, all that kind of stuff. I mean, he's played in three playoff games in his career. That, mm-hmm. that doesn't hurt either. I, I love the Hawkeye background, too. I mean, Ferentz guys are always tough and hardworking, and, you know, you get a lot out of them. Absolutely. So, good move by the Steelers. It was. It was. Um, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lolly. He is Matt Williamson. And uh, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. The Steelers uh, adding officially nine guys to their practice squad. So they have seven remaining spots. Um, I forgot it's all the way up to 16. Yeah. It's great. Eight of those players uh, who were resigned uh, to the practice squad were guys who had been released by the team. Good. There's um, a lot of them I would like to see back. Yeah. I haven't seen this list yet. So The one outside player, let's talk a little bit about him, Anthony Brown from the uh, Cowboys. Oh, really? Another defensive back that's been around the block a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm surprised he's still eligible. I kind of don't understand the rules 100%. I think it's six guys you're allowed, six vested veterans that you're allowed on there. Okay. So... So I'll do a little more homework on him, but I think he's played slot and safety over his career. He logged a fair amount of snaps in his career. I mean, I would rather have King, but it's the same ballpark. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a guy that's been around the block a little bit. Yeah, he's uh, in, in six seasons or his first six seasons. He's uh, played in 82 games, starting 57. Yeah, I mean, he's those. played a lot. Um, nine career interceptions. He's including one for a touchdown, four sacks. I mean, he's. He's been a guy that's that's played a lot of snaps in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Similar story to what we just had in the first segment. I mean, yeah. again, I prefer King. I think he's the better player of the two, but that's a nice pickup. I mean, you've there's unfortunately there's probably a good chance that you call him up at some point. At some point, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that that I mean, if you think back uh, to the game against Tampa Bay last year, mm. um, the Steelers secondary was devastated by injuries. They would love to have him. Yeah, the only King, the right. only regular that they had in there was Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, just the were, way it worked. That, it was ugly. ugly. I had no idea how they won that game, actually. <laughs> against, <laughs> against Tom Brady, Tom Brady yeah. they did that. And yeah. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and mm-hmm. and you somehow found a way to win that game with a, a secondary that was cobbled together. And with all respect to Edmonds, he's not really a cover guy. You know, right. I mean, you know, he's half linebacker almost. I mean, yes, he's a defensive back, and I'm sure his leadership and communication was huge that day. But you can't mix coverages, and you know, not that you're going to confuse Brady, but if you're just going to give him the same coverage over yeah, and over, it, you know, I imagine you had to play a little vanilla there. I would assume. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember they did. Too. Yeah, <laughs> no, that Brown's a good pickup. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the that. other guys brought back Luke Barku, the aforementioned. Luke I thought Barku. he deserved that. Yeah. Uh, running back Greg Bell, uh, defensive lineman Braden Fajoko. Good. Wide receiver Des Fitzpatrick, defensive lineman Jonathan Marshall. Uh, linebacker David Perales, safety Trenton Thompson, and tight end Rodney Williams. A lot of the names we were kind of assuming, hoping, you never know it's going to happen. I I think we said yesterday, I said in several outlets, I thought Fajoko was the best football player they cut. And, you know, how many noses do you need? Right. But if he's, you know, a, a, a rosterable guy and you have him in the building every day and his energy, I like that. Marshall's shown up a little bit. Barku, I thought, had came on stronger and stronger and stronger as camp went on. Same with Thompson. Yeah, we talked about Thompson uh, a lot. And, yeah. and same thing with Rodney Williams. With you. I mean, Rodney Williams showed up every day yeah. in, in camp. And both those guys, Thompson and Williams, played a lot of special team snaps in the preseason, too. So. Yeah, we also like Perales. Yeah, he also was things. another one got heavy special these, teams. These snaps, were all but. guys that, that did some stuff. Did some stuff. Yeah. And I didn't know half of those guys' names whenever I got to Latrobe for the first time this year. But Guys we had to learn. Because yeah. they, they made us. I mean, they just kept showing up practice after practice. So, not a bad crew. So, it's about halfway filled then, huh? Yeah, they got uh, seven more spots that they can still fill. And we'll see, mm-hmm. you know, where else they go with that. But uh, So, right now they have no quarterbacks. Do you think they'll add a quarterback? They won't add a quarterback. They've got three in the roster. That's plenty. There's some teams out there, like the, the New England Patriots have one quarterback on their roster, yeah. and it's Mac Jones. Yeah, it's Mac Jones. It would, bizarre. I assume they're going to get Colt McCoy or somebody. Well, I, they, I signed, they, they signed both the guys they cut to their practice squad. 
Oh, did they? Zappy's yeah. back. And... Zappy's on the practice squad. Okay. Anybody had a chance to, to go get Zappy and did not. Nan didn't. That's telling. That is telling. Let me ask you this. So, there, all off season long, there were a lot of comparisons. Um, Kenny Pickett versus Mac Jones heading into year two. Yeah. I don't see the. I don't think they're similar at all. I don't either. And maybe I fell a little victim to that when Kenny was coming out. But when you watch him, he's not. He's a far better athlete than Mac Jones. I was not even close. I mean, they're not even close. I mean, like, if Lamar is a 10 and Mac is a one and a half. (laughs) Mac's like Matt Ryan. Yeah. Kenny's a six and a half. Like, he's closer to Lamar than Mac. I'm not saying he's close to either. But the fact that they... I don't know. Everyone just assumed that they, well, their ceiling is Kirk Cousins and their pocket passers. Not really. No, I mean, that's no, what I, Mac Jones yeah. is. I mean, he's a statuesque processor, highly, highly accurate, paint by numbers. That's what made him crazy last year is give me the plays that work and I'll work them. Yeah. You know, but don't ask me. You know, there were no numbers in, on the on the painting. Yeah, he, right, had to, he had right. to make it up as he went. And he's splashing paint. You know, <laughs> right. Where Kenny's much more, almost the opposite. Like, I think I said this the other day, but Kenny was a little under three seconds to throw, which is high. He was very high at pit. And he got away with it, of course. And a lot of it's because he is a playmaker. I mean, Fields and Lamar and those guys are always high in time to throw. But... Kenny, when it was two and a half or under, which is how the play's designed, was phenomenal. When it was over two and a half, that's when bad stuff happened, you know. Yeah. And which is often it, the case with, with you right. know, you're going to force the ball in spots where it shouldn't go mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Create chaos a yeah. little bit, but so he has the paint by number stuff, but he's a great athlete. He's super twitchy. I think he's more of a risk taker than Mac. In a good way, you know. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think they're even comparable, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't, I, I don't see that comparison. To mm-hmm. me, Kenny as a runner is more like early career Aaron Rodgers, where he's not the best runner in the mm-hmm. league, but when he People takes forget off, forget how athletic Rodgers was at that. Yeah, point. when he takes off. You know, the, the, the defense has to has to get get to him, or mm-hmm. he's going to get 15 yards pretty quick. Pretty quick. I would say he's even twitchier and probably wins a race with rookie Rodgers. I mean, not. I think it's similar, but Rodgers was so smart about. He always had decent receivers, Nelson yeah. or whoever. If you're going to play man, and you all turn your back to me, I'm going to take off. Yeah, third and six, I'll get seven. <laughs> yeah, slide, pop right up, first down symbol. You know, break your heart. And I think Kenny will do some of that as he ages, but I think you can design runs for him too. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're an empty, it doesn't mean it's not a running play. There were some waiver claims around the league. The Arizona Cardinals, they're such a weird claimed team, six guys on waivers. Did they? I got a new theory about them. I don't remember. So that. you claim six guys on waivers. They're gonna they're on your they go to your roster. They go to your roster. It's not like you can claim them, and put them on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So they signed or they they placed waiver claims on. Tight end Elijah Higgins from Miami, center Tristan Colon from the Jets, center Keith Ismail from San Francisco, who we talked a little bit about. Yeah. Uh, offensive tackle Ilham Manning from San Francisco, so two 49ers okay. offensive linemen. So three offensive linemen in total? Yeah. Wow. Uh, defensive back Starling Thomas and defensive back Kevon Wallace from Philadelphia. Okay, Starling Wallace Thomas was one from, I was a little shocked yeah. got, got cut. He Thomas was, was one from uh, Detroit. Okay. So – I don't know if Josh Dobbs is better or worse than Colt McCoy. And I'm not even implying Colt McCoy is a bad guy because all reports are he's a salt of the earth, he's a good mentor, blah, blah, blah. I think that new regime walked into that building and thought, this place is toxic. Like, what did Chuck Knoll say when he got there? Like, When we get to the Super Bowl, (laughs) most of you aren't going to be here. Yeah, I think they just want... Different people. You know, if Dobbs and McCoy are exactly the same grade, I just want who wasn't here before. I I want new bodies in here. I don't want any of this toxicity from the previous regime thinking losing's okay or any of that. I think it's just when in doubt, just repaint, throw them out. out. (laughs) Right. Like I used this example earlier today. Like, you know, you and your wife are moving and you pick up these different things. Like, should we pack this or dump it? Dump it. You know, yeah. like, I'm sick of that couch. 
burn it. Yeah, I mean, just something new. And I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers put in three waiver claims. Calvin Throck, Mount Morton, an offensive tackle from New Orleans. Uh, linebacker Claudine Sherless from the Jets and defensive back Deshaun Jamison from San Francisco. Um, the Bears had two. Defensive end Khalid Kareem from Indianapolis and defensive end Quindell Johnson from the Rams. Well, their D-line's a yeah. disaster. Uh, if you're you're putting in a bunch of claims this time of year, uh, Green Bay had two. Uh, defensive lineman Jonathan Ford and linebacker Tariq Carpenter. Hmm. Um, the, tight, the Texans had two. Offensive uh, lineman Nick Broker from Buffalo. They hit Buffalo for both of these. A lot of linemen. Uh, defensive back Alex Austin from the uh, Bills. The Colts claimed offensive tackle Ryan Hayes from Miami uh, and guard Josh Sills from Philadelphia. Boy, like 80% of these are offensive linemen. Yeah. It shows you what the state of the league is. Linebacker Isaiah Land from Dallas. Well, you can uh, certainly see why teams would prefer Kendrick Green or Dotson right. to all those. It's kind of where you I was know, going yeah, with, yeah, it, with yeah. this whole thing here. Uh, I'm just going through here to see if there are any other roster claims here. So this is the uh, and the, the Titans claimed a defensive back Kendall Vildor from Chicago. Hmm. I remember him. He was recent draft pick. But those teams that we mentioned there: mm-hmm. Chicago, Arizona. Tennessee. Indy. Indy. These are the bad teams in the league. That's what I was going to say. The only one that you mentioned there that I have some hope for this year is Green Bay. Yeah. But they're super young. Um, if you're claiming multiple guys right now, you got some problems. You know you have holes. Yeah. You know, like to go want someone else's trash rather than more than the ones you've been working with since minicamp is pretty telling. You know, yeah. It, it, it makes me think, I mean, it's way too much of a generalization, but. Take the under in the win totals on all those teams. You know, like they don't feel strong about themselves. Yeah, they're they're a little. Um, well, Seattle's on there as well. They claimed Drake Thomas from Las Vegas and Caillou Blue Kelly uh, hmm. got waived by uh, Baltimore. So. Okay. Baltimore must. I don't know what they're doing. They kept Anthony that. or Arthur Millette over Caillou Blue Kelly because he was running in the slot for them. Yeah, I guess they feel confident that he can play now. Whether I mean he doesn't have a high ceiling, but it, they need him. You know, ten days from now. Yeah. So. Uh, just interesting. I, I, mm-hmm. I noticed that as I was going through those earlier today. I'm like, boy, a lot of these teams that are putting in, I mean, Arizona, a lot of six waiver six claims. Six is crazy. That's, I don't know if I've ever seen six a team make six waiver claims. No, I think it speaks volumes for where they think the whole organization is. Yeah. Like, we just need new people here. Yeah, I mean, Buda Baker, you can stay. Hey, if J.J. Watt or Hudson or Larry was still around, you could stay. But the rest of you, just get out of here. Well, the other, the other <laughs> thing about that is Arizona – they still have the same GM, right? It's Austin for I always kill his name, but he's recent. Is he new? He's okay, new, so, yeah. So they're they're washing out they're everything washing at the right. Yeah. I mean, because if you noticed, a lot of their hires have always been from within. Yeah. I mean, it's it's time just for something new paint. You know, bad. Yeah, and that's kind of what that organization. Mm-hmm. And if you remember yeah. Houston. Not this off season, but there was like two off seasons there. Like when Deshaun Watson was super unhappy, they would sign like twenty free agents to minimum deals just to get new bodies in there and hope some of them stick. But none of them ever really stick. You know, I mean, yeah. they're all bottom of the roster type guys for league minimums. But that was the process. But Is that different than what the Steelers did this year? Very. There's no. I think they're trying to put the first block. Here's how I would say it's different. Their house was bad, with a bad foundation, and they're knocking it down. Haven't even started building it up yet. Where the Steelers had a great foundation, really nice foundation, and by that I mean the running game, a young quarterback, the coaching staff, ownership, history. Some stars in place. on. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's go get – let's put an addition on. Let's put – you know, the, the bones were there. They're looking for bones. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because Mike Tomlin was asked today uh, by Mike Persuda, um, you know, you, you seem to be pretty confident about this team. What gives you that confidence? And he said, yeah, I, I do. I have mm-hmm. extreme confidence in this team, but I'm not going to share with you what that, <laughs> why I have that confidence. We'll let, we'll let our tape speak for itself. It says a lot without saying a lot, Yeah, as he often does. It makes sense. I mean, I'm... He should be confident in this team. I mean, he's very close with them. He's very hands-on. I think he has good communication with its leaders as well as 
knowing the depths and weaknesses of it, as most head coaches do. I mean, this isn't uncommon stuff, but he's better at it than most. And he knows what the competition looks like. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, you know, when you look at this, uh, you know, I, th- I think the Steelers feel very confident where they're at as a team. Right now. Right now. And I feel like they, they're they ready for, to get this thing started. Mm-hmm. And as much as any team, I think they know, hey, there's – many, many obstacles ahead. You know, let's not get full of ourselves just because we won three preseason games and things are shaping into place. But they obviously have a plan in place that up until this second is being executed really well. You know, but part of that plan is we see there's speed bumps and hurdles ahead. We don't know when they're coming, but we're better prepared for it now because we have King and Alexander and those guys you mentioned, you know. Let's dig into this roster a little bit more when we come back. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly. He is... Matt Williamson, and this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. And, Matt, I'm going to ask you now to put on your Nostradamus wig or whatever you want to do there. All right. Cap. Cap. How about this? Whatever. All right. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do that. So, when we're sitting here in the – and it's January, Mm. the Steelers team MVP for 2023 will be – DJ Watt. Who's the? Let me put your team cap on. Who's the offensive MVP? Kenneth Pickens. I was going to say or Kenneth Pickett. I should say. Yeah, I, I do that all I the time. Do that all the time. It's so brutal. Yeah. Um, that was the worst thing about that draft class, by the way. That the first two picks have this, yeah. basically almost the same. Name. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Pickens. I'm really warming up to him becoming more of a star this year. I almost thought of him as team MVP. But I took the real low. It's tough for a first. receiver to win it. And, it is, and for, but, and for the quarterback to not win it if mm-hmm. the receiver wins it. Because I also think Deontay Johnson is very, very good. Yeah. Is being vastly underrated. No question across the league. When when you're when you're talking about Deontay Johnson, uh, and this from from a fantasy standpoint, and you're you know people are taking him as a, a number three receiver. He's like in the thirty, you know, late. I mean, not even like the. Yeah, that's crazy to 25, me. Twenty-five, right? He he has looked great. He has looked great um, in camp. He's looked great in the games. He's looked great in, in since they've come back from camp. He's as good a preseason as anyone. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to look at Pickett, obviously, or Pickens' great catch. Deontay's been as good as anyone. He on is Mister Steady Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes the great plays look routine. Um, I, I think he is primed. If he gets his you know 140 plus targets again this year, which I see no right, reason why he shouldn't. He, assume he does. I yeah. just feel like he and, and and Kenny Pickett will be on this more on the same page, mm-hmm. and I see him easily, easily topping. I, I think his over under for catches this year is like 82. Yeah, the projections are low. It's low. And the it's, yardage it's, is it's low less too. than a thousand. I see him over over 90 catches, even maybe even over 100 catches again. People think he's like this dink and dunk guy, like three yards a catch or no. something, too. I mean, he's yeah. going to be an intermediate dude. Um, take shots. I, I think he catches. I think he goes over eleven hundred yards. I think he, you know, mm-hmm. at least five touchdowns. I do too. I, mean, I think those are all logical goals for him that he has a really good chance to reach. MVP is not the best discussion because one of them was defensive MVP two years ago, and one yeah. was a quarterback, and we're both high. I hear you. Both of them. Um, TJ, I think, is going to blow up. I think you know. here's what I think is going to happen with T.J. Watt, and we talked a little bit about this when we when we did the the top 100 stuff. Mm-hmm. Every time we've done it, because he's been 20 or 25 yeah, or whatever, eight, you know, like right. out of sight, out of mind with him. Um, and everybody's and I don't know that this for a fact that that you know people are talking about. Well, Miles Garrett's the best edge rusher. This guy's the best edge rusher. Mm-hmm. And Watt's now fifth on that list. Like he, he always doing like four or five, not one or two. Yeah, you know. Have we forgotten how good he is? Just because, I mean, the, the other guys have done nothing wrong. No, of course, you know. But I mean, it was a it phenomenal. Was cl- it was pretty clear cut that he deserved the award. Yeah, I mean, frankly, he could have won two years in a row. Right. I mean, he was really 
what a vote or two away from yeah he, he led the league in, in sacks two consecutive years mm-hmm. which rarely happens nowadays. yeah um i i just think he's you know he's healthy i don't see any ill effects from the injury no i don't <laughs> yeah, think there was fine. ever a time last year that he was 100 percent healthy no you know he had that knee injury in the preseason if you remember mm, the, yeah. tj hawkinson hit him in the knee in the in the preseason mm. game i thought you were thinking Post and I think injury. that was bothering him going into the season because he then had surgery on it while he was out wow, with yes. the okay. with the arm injury. Okay, or the I, pectoral muscle, I should say. And easy to think that's uh, forget that stuff. But no, you're right. Then yeah. when he came back, he had a rib issue that, that slowed him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he was ever a hundred percent healthy last year. Now he is. Now he absolutely is, and looks spectacular. He's in his prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think he's going to be a monster. Yeah. Or, right? No, I do too. I, I do too. Um, who's is there any dark horses like MVPs? If it's not one of the three guys on defense, like I can't, I could I could paint a picture where Najee Harris is their MVP. I was gonna say Harris, I think has a chance. If yeah. he runs for twelve hundred yards and adds another three or four hundred receiving and uh, scores twelve touchdowns, and... hypothetical Kenny misses two games and they just ride him the whole time yeah. and win the two, you know, thirteen twelve. Team respect that stuff, you know, yeah. and vote for him. And yeah, if he gets a, 300 touches and, you know, he's like a, a workhorse. A Franco-like manner. You yeah. know, like if you're the whole offense here for a while and the whole world knows it and we're still able to compete and win games, it goes a long way too, yeah. Who's the team's rookie of the year going to be? I would. Th- <laughs> Who wins the Joe Green Great Performance Award? So there aren't Vegas odds for these things, but if Matt and Dale put Vegas odds out, do you think Porter would be the sh- the least payoff? Because Jones isn't going to start week one. And Probably. Porter is the highest drafted. He wouldn't be my va- my vote, though. Mine's going to be Benton. Mine's going to be Benton as well. Yeah. I think his snaps will just keep going up. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say that they haven't yet unleashed him on the world, but I have a hunch they're looking at him like, we got like another first-round pick here. I, that's the way I kind of view mm-hmm. it because I'll tell you what um, – I think he might I've push Hogan Joby. I've his. seen nothing from him that this suggests that, oh, he's going to need time. No, me either. I, I mean, mean, you brought this up yesterday. The two lines he beat up on and beat up on were bad. I mean, I would prefer to see him do that against Buffalo, whose line's not great. But still, the way he moves, his physicality, his toughness, the power in his hands, all that stuff. Like, he's a nose that's not – you're not going to be able to double him. No, no. And if you can't double him as a nose tackle, he's going to, again, he's going to be like the bouncer in the bar, just tossing people left and right. Like he did all preseason. So I don't, I could see his rookie year running away with that honor, you know, the Joe Green Award. And with no, nothing that Ogan Joby did wrong, not only is Benton your starting nose in your five man front, your three man D line, but starts to push Ogan Joby and nickel. You know, yeah. Like I think he might be. Too good to keep off the field. Yeah, I mean, I th- I'm I'm that high on the kid as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's gonna. <laughs> Herbig's just not gonna get the chances. He's not gonna get the he opportunity might maximize unless somebody else gets hurt. Yeah, unless somebody gets hurt right. in front of him. And I mean, I guess if like Mason, Cole, if Mason Cole got hurt, would Anderson be the center, or do you think they'd put Herbig? They probably probably, probably play Herbig. They probably there. play Herbig yeah. or moves him around. Um, Darnell, if Darnell Washington catches six or seven touchdown p- passes this year, which is possible. With Gentry out of the equation, too, he's going to play a lot. Yeah. I mean, think about how much 12 they played post-Claypool trade, which they won't play as much, but that's going to be him. Yeah. He's going to be the inline guy where you thought maybe he would. He was throwing guys out of the Mm butt. Like, they got a bunch of butt kickers in this draft. (laughs) Uh, The whole offseason was was predicated on size and physicality, but especially the draft. None of them are small for their position. Herbig's the only one that's a little bit. Yeah, and and he's not even really a finesse player. No, no. I mean, they they just they brought in nobody who is oh boy I don't know if he's tough enough at the point of attack or anything nah, like that I mean absolutely not there, there there's a trend here and they all look good coming off the bus I mean when we met Porter the first time I like, what <laughs> I mean it's easy when you see my paper or you see well, I mean other at, cornerbacks on the team that I talked to about that were like these guys are freaks I think Peterson said that who's a freak he said it and, and <laughs> yeah. you know, Levi Wallace told me the same thing he's like I thought I was a big cornerback until I saw these guys yeah exactly <laughs> that's funny. So, I had something there I was going to say. Eh, I don't know. Something about the rookies. but I just think it's a great rookie class that, that's going – Tomlin, Tomlin addressed this today as well. He said, look, I none of these guys made the team on scholarship. 
That's they great. all deserve to be here. They're mm-hmm. all going to play a role, and the role's only going to increase the more experience that they get. And he would never admit this, but it's true for every team. That's not the case every year with draft picks. I mean, there's guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even when you draft him, you say, he probably won't look good in camp. He's got a lot to learn, but he's going to make the team because yeah. we want to groom him. I mean, they might have and... thought that about Herbig in the spring. Maybe. And then he then goes he out. lights yeah. everybody up. He looked quick in the spring, mm-hmm. but nobody has pads on. He should look good there. Yeah. That's a perfect should, that, environment Right, for him. exactly. Right, right. Then you go to training camp, you put the pads on, and it's like, nobody gets, there's, they can't, still can't block him. He's beating your starting tackles yeah. pretty regularly. And then the games, he was even better. Yeah. You know, so, I mean... Again, it's, you can only do only eat what they put in front of you, but now it's going to be real stadiums, full people, regular season, starting tackles. Not that he didn't whip starting tackles in camp. Who is the – when we're talking in January or whenever the season's over, mm-hmm. who, was the unsi- or who was the unsung signing that they made or who was Ooh. the best signing that they made? Sulamalu is an easy choice. I mean, he was the biggest ticket item – He's going to play a lot. I think Peterson's leadership, though, is going to go a really long way with all these different defensive backs. That I don't want to say he's going to be like a Minka Cam type leader, but just because he hasn't been here as long, but he could be in that realm in yeah. terms of what he does off the field. I mean, he has that kind of gravitas in the, mm-hmm. in the locker room already. Hmm. I'm definitely going to go with Isaac, but maybe one of the linebackers. Could be. Quan Alexander or, yeah, you know, be. Holcomb. Yeah, I mean, those guys are going to see a lot of action. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've try, again, turned this roster over him. We didn't even mention Allen Robinson. Yeah, you thought know, about what, him. what he could bring to the equation with this team. I just worry I'm with you, though. I think, I think Sam Malu's a, a, good a monster. Signing. I yeah. mean, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a top 10 guard. Apparently yeah. a left guard. You know. Well, you brought it up. Who on this roster – in December when it's announced, I think it's December. Who's the Pro Bowl guy in waiting here? One that hasn't gone. One that, that hasn't gone that will. It's a brutal position, but Highsmith's at least making a case before the season. You know, year after year, he makes a little bit better case, a little bit better case. Probably too early to say Benton. The tackles are also a loaded it's also position. a loaded position. Yeah, yeah. going to be like Quinn and Williams and Simmons and Chris Jones <laughs> and Cam when you're on team. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, maybe Solomalu. Could be Solomalu. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Um, it could Fire be Firemuth. That's a tough position to, to, to crack in the AFC as well. I don't know that the two receivers are outlandish. Well, Deontay's already gone. Yeah. Pickens is capable. Pickens is certainly capable. And, and one Even other name. Over, I mean, like, I'm not predicting he's going to beat out Stefan Diggs and Tyreek, but he, he could get to that level of player. Yeah. And you mentioned the inside linebackers. None of them have ever gone. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't they have that ceiling, but that's not a hard position to go. No, it's. I mean, go out and make a bunch of tackles. That's all anybody like. I'm going to. That's one of the. That's one of the. Like, okay, so if you, you go out the defense. Let's say the defense is lights out, mm-hmm. which it very well could, could be. be top five yeah. type of defense. Yeah, yeah right. Um, and and whoever, let's say, I'm just going to let's say Cole Holcomb has 140 tackles, which he has done before, mm-hmm. by the way. And picks off a couple passes. Needs and, a splash. Yeah, Get, he gets a couple of interceptions, uh, maybe a sack or two. Show up on Sports Center. Yeah, you know. Now all of a sudden you're in that conversation, even though tackles are not a sure, uh, they're not a statistic that should matter. But Pro Bowl voters will care about yeah. that. So here's a real cheat. Huntley went. Pickett could go. <laughs> he could. I mean, I know the AFC's loaded. I'm talking with about. I'm talking about straight vote. Winning straight the vote. vote not not going as a fifth guy down the line. I mean, if, could Pickett could Pickett crack that? In the it, NFC, it, I might even it, vote it, for him now. <laughs> to beat out Herbert Mahomes, Allen, be Burrow, tough. Lamar, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I Very mean, all down the line. It, it, Lawrence, but, you know, I'm going to say no. But I think he could be, have a Pro Bowl season. Yeah. You know, like, if he was in the NFC and we were predicting who the Pro Bowl team's going to be, I'd probably say, like, Hurts, Dak, and Pickett. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think if you if you looked at that, yeah. offensive lineman is, is tough because everybody the just, are tough too. Everybody votes on the guys who have been there before. Gonna go. you, you make it the go. year after you probably should mm-hmm. have made it. Right. Um, that's a tough yeah. one. It, it's difficult. It really is. Yeah, I, probably the answer is none of the above, which doesn't mean they're not all getting better. 
But again, like you could have made a strong case for Highsmith last year. That's his name I was about to bring. He had fourteen up. and a half sacks. But he got to put Max Crosby in. And he led the he led yeah. the league in, in forced fumbles. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if he has another twelve plus sack year, he'll get votes. Yeah, I mean, he'll get votes. But I mean, again, he's not going to beat out his teammate. Right. That's the that's the tough <laughs> yeah, part. Garrett, you know, that's and, the tough part. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it's the competition is just so brutal. It really is, and it doesn't mean that the guys there aren't guys who are deserving. I had that conversation well, play at that level. Yeah, I, I had the conversation with with uh, James Daniels' uh, father. I would almost mention him too. When I yeah, we spoke in the in, in the off season. I did a story on on, on James, and uh, I said, look at you know, I said he could be if they go out and average one hundred forty six point four yards rushing per game again this season. That would be a nice feather. Yeah, it's a strong case. Guys are going to get noticed started, off of this. Who's the guards there? Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. <laughs> right. who, the, who the guys? But that's the only way it happens. Mm-hmm. Like nobody looked at what happened last year with this team and said, "Oh, look, you know, that offensive line." You still heard people talking in the off season about the Steelers' shaky offensive line. You hear those words all the time. And it's not, it just wasn't true. Line, right? It just wasn't true. It wasn't true. So here's one. After the 2024 season, Broderick Jones might go to a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. Uh, we could be, if we have the same same conversation a year from now, I might be like, oh, Broderick Jones is ready. Yeah, They're set. Like, to. I'll bet now, and he hasn't played a down for them yet. Mm-hmm. Orlando Brown Jr. gets a bunch of Pro Bowl votes in Probably. the AFC at left tackle. Probably because he's a deserving name or not. He's he's as average as the day is long. Mm-hmm. But if you told me Broderick Jones's career would be as good as Orlando Brown's, I would go fish. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. I want better and, than that. And he's good. I mean, he's making a ton of money, and yeah. several places have paid him. He's a good player. He's average to good. Yeah. And average to good left tackles are worth a mid first round pick all day long. All day long. All day long. Absolutely. But I'll take. I'll roll the dice on going above that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna take another cool. break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more. Right after this. You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen. A fabulous new fence. The possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 